the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you today. We've got a lot to cover. We've got some great guests in a few moments. Hey, by the way, when you hear a great guest on this program, visit ProAmericaReport.com, and you can follow up and listen again. Sometimes you'll have the contact information uh, breakdown. And, of course, on social media, I'm available out there. So go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for uh, the daily email, which will get some of these talks. But also uh, sign up there. Make sure you go by there and read uh, each of the um, – each of these uh, uh, great interviews, uh, check catch up on them. Oh, I know what I was going to say. We've also started to transcribe the Daily Wink, this uh, segment, uh, so that you can go over there and read it. If you need to read it while you're at work or something like that, you can follow along. Uh, that's important uh, to have that available. So I hope you'll do all of that. And again, ProAmericaReport.com. Okay, so I, what I want to talk about today is um, how uh, insane... Uh, the distraction uh, factory is in this country. In other words, how often we are asked to uh, look at shiny objects, <clears throat> excuse me, that have nothing to do with the main problems in this country. And, and, and so let me, let me say even, even right now, the situation in uh, the Middle East um, is being falsely reported. Of course, there is deaths. That's terrible. Uh, but, uh, you know, Israel is deciding, um, has decided a long time ago to defend itself no matter what when uh, Hamas or somebody attacks them. So that's that. Here's the, the dog that hasn't barked, though, and is not covered by the media. Have you noticed the Arab nations, the Muslim nations around Israel, the, the part of the Abraham Accord? They're doing nothing. They're not actually getting involved to help Palestine. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that there's uh, something that's still holding there. But anyway, let's put that aside. What do you think the two major issues are facing this country? If you had to pick out the two major issues, maybe there's three. I'll, I'll, let me, I'll, I'll posit that there's three. But the first one is education. And I don't even mean right now to get into a debate about how bad the COVID education is. I think that is bad. But, you know, there's been reporting on the fact that our, our, our urban education systems, our system education for African-Americans, low-income, mostly minority kids, is so bad that it's, it's setting us back as a nation all the time. And it's run by the teachers' unions. So we have a situation where it was reported earlier today, and I saw this on Twitter, that it's something like, um, I don't know, is it 10 or 12 or 15 percent of, of black American students read below, uh, read at grade level? 15 percent. And do math at grade level? Something lower than that. Think about how insane that is. That's the average. And then no matter what is reported, you know that's true when you look at the school system. So now think about the people that are trying to tell us that there have been structural, uh, there has been structural, um, uh, uh, racism and all. That's the biggest problem we're facing is that our, that we are creating by our system, we are creating an underclass of people. And the fact is it is racist. It is racist that the school teachers unions is keeping mostly African-American kids trapped in those schools. That is true. That is a reality facing us. We should be aware of it 
in a, in a way that we're not, we shouldn't be aware of it. We should, once we know, once we're aware of it, that's what I meant to say, we should be racing to do something, anything. And, there, and you know, even if you don't think it's a moral imperative that we fix that, you should just believe if you want to flourish as a nation, you've got to fix that. In other words, I hope you'll be uh, moral and ethical and, and serious enough to realize that it's it's a problem, that we have a problem that is actually bad for people. But even if you're not, if you want your community, meaning our America, to flourish, you've got to do something about it. That's a crazy reality that we're seeing. The second thing that we're not talking about, the media is not covering it, is the immigration question. We have hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants pouring into the country every single month now. We're talking about millions of people coming into our country. And, and you're not here, you're not hearing a word about it. You're having the men, the men and women in Congress are debating whether to, um, whether to, uh, have a commission, a, a, a one six commission about what's gone on, uh, what happened on, on uh, January 6th. And I said, I did an interview earlier today. It's one of the craziest uh, tr- attempts to make equivalent two things that I've ever seen. There's no comparison with 9-11 and January 6th. It's insane. And the facts that have come out since, since maybe the last three or four weeks make that as clear as anything we've seen. So that's a crazy move to have happen. But we're not even talking about immigration. We're not even talking about the question of our country is being transformed and we're not talking about it. The shiny objects, even frankly, the shiny object right now, the media has us running in circles over COVID. It's running in circles over uh, over the, uh, the question of uh, abortion and judges, critical race theory. I mean, honestly, critical race theory is indoctrinating our kids, but I can control my kids in the sense that I can choose a school, I can move to another place. But you know who can? Poor black families, poor black kids, poor, you know, poor minority kids. They've got nowhere to go. So we are watching our country fail to focus on two of the most significant uh, policy failures and, and their abominations. They're abominations that we're allowing black kids to be trapped in failed schools because of the racism of the teachers unions. And we're watching the immigration onslaught, which is endangering uh, illegal immigrants and transforming the country. That's what's going on. That's what's happening around us. Those are the, the, the that's not the shiny objects. That's the fundamental question of our nation. Now, one more thing I would say, if you look at how badly we have been misled on the truths about the truths about COVID, you have to say it's kind of laid bare the failure of the sort of experts and the health experts because we, you know no matter again no matter what you think of what COVID is or isn't, you can now say people like Fauci not credible, people like Walensky at the CDC not credible, and by the way people like the Solicitor General under Trump not credible. There's there's a lot of room to go around. And so what do we have? We have people that have to decide for themselves the risk management of what's going on. And they can't rely on the experts to give them guidance. It's just not honest. It's not even, it's not even that it's honest. It's just not reliable. And that brings me to the last thing. I think I'll touch on this at the end of the show too. If you want to talk about something that's wrong in the country and you want to wonder how we got here, that's fine. The something that's wrong in the country right now is that the American people do not believe that our elections are, are working well. They do not have confidence. The voter confidence is at an all time low. And no matter if you want to argue about who is to call, who's to blame for it, 
You could say, well, you know who's to blame for it? It's Hillary Clinton and the Democrats who spent four years saying that Russia, 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 they cheated the election, they hacked the computers, Russia, Russia, Russia. And that's what they wanted you to hear. And lots of people in the Democrat Party came away saying that election was stolen. That was a terrible thing. The election wasn't good. I don't have confidence in the election. Or... If you're a left leaner, you can say, huh, since November 2020, America, the American people have been told by Donald Trump and others that the election seemed off. And that's what drove voter confidence. I don't care why the voter confidence is bad. What I care about is the fact that we are at a point where we're doing nothing about it. Either neither party is doing anything about it. And so, again, you talk about what's at stake and what the problem is. That's a huge problem, and it's not something we're addressing. We'll talk about it later on the show. So my point here is what you need to know is we are being forced. We are being compelled. We are being managed by the narrative machine to look at the wrong things all around us, and it's working. And, and what we have to do is turn ourselves to what the real problems are, the, the, real, the real problems that we should and could fix. And that is the racism of the school teachers unions and black kids and the, and the reality of the immigration problem. And neither one wants to be fixed. Neither one is, is going to be fixed because the powers that be don't want to. You know why? Because they benefit from the corrupt system. Teachers unions, Democrats, you get the point. All right, everybody, we got to take a break. We come back. We'll talk with Dave Erickson, who wrote a book called Framing Flynn. We'll talk with him about that and a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and, uh, and sign up for the Daily Wink there. And we'll be back in a moment. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Back in a minute. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here to Pro America Report. And I've been thinking about this for a while. And today we're going to be able to catch up with our great technical director, Noah. Uh, Noah Dingley, who's been his own program, has a lot, helps uh, the great Andrea K show. And um, but he also is a, a, a keen observer of human beings. And so welcome back. Noah. here's what I was thinking about, though. You have a lot of friends. You got your kids, uh, family members. I'm fascinated by this phenomenon. And I want to see what your thoughts are. My parents started out really scared of COVID and meaning they're both older. They, and they, my mother's a nurse. My father reads a lot. And, you know, he's an educated guy. And they, they just thought, you know, this could get us because we're older and we have comorbidities, but they're also, I'd say somewhat institutional. They're conservatives, but when people say stuff from positions of authority, they tend to believe it. You know, they tend to, and now they're sick of it. They're like, this has been crazy. I mean, it's been a year plus, right? But I wonder, you know, if if the American people will sort of forget. I said to my dad, I said, Dad, you were kind of really worried about it. He said, I was never that worried about it. And I thought, I think a lot of people are going to kind of have selective memory about how they were reacting and what they went through because it's so crazy what's gone on. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and there's kind of been a mixed reaction just based on the people I know in my life. Both my parents are around 70 recently retired, and they were pretty freaked out at the beginning. I mean, being ultra cautious, which is, you know, we didn't know a whole lot about the disease at first, so that was wise. Uh, then as things progressed, and obviously some of the, you know, harder facts have come out, they've both decided that they need to 
live their life while being cautious at the same time, but they're not hiding in a hole somewhere. My mom tends to be more conservative. My dad tends to be more liberal. Then you get the vaccine stuff, and that's a whole nother layer. Like my dad, it was recommended to get the vaccine from his from his doctor, and so he was good enough to take that as what he should do. My mom is very much the numbers don't add up. And we need to see where this goes long term, which is exactly where I'm at. There are not enough facts about this vaccine to determine how things are going to play forward. Other people in my life, family and friends uh, in the beginning, I would say a good portion of them, Ed, were seriously concerned. Same perspective. They didn't know enough about this. So they tend to just stay in their house, whether they were working from home or you know, they weren't taking that chance at even going out other than maybe the supermarket to get their essentials. And now that, again, the facts have come out, a lot of the uh, overinflation of the numbers and of the hysteria, they're getting back to day-to-day life. And uh, most of the people I know are using common sense at this point. And I think that was what was cast to the side in the beginning. You know, it's interesting. So I was just thinking that you said this. My wife and the listeners know is a, is a physician, and so and her specialty is internal medicine, geriatrics, so old people. So when we started, here's a couple of things she said. She said any bug that that's got the ability to you know get people uh, get their system revved up is going to be tough on people that are weak, which by definition is seniors. But then she said early on, she said it's not kids. Kids are not getting this. And I remember it was probably like May of last year when she said uh, there was one study out of Australia. And, and my wife said, yep, kids aren't getting it. And they're not even looking like they're vectors. So they shouldn't be doing the schools. Now, on the other things, she was much more of a sort of a doctor. And so what at a certain point with the vaccines, her assessment is you would not try a vaccine on 25 and under because a lot of the development of a person is happening at by 25, your brain and other things. She said though, like for a 50 year old, the dangers of vaccines are, are, are less for her, her and of than, than, than the benefits of getting really sick. And so getting, getting a, a, a disease that would be harder on you. And so she was, she's kind of been this, I would say thoughtful middle ground. Uh, but I, you know, for the first time, I guess yesterday, I had an event in my office and there were, well, 12, 13 people, 14, including me, came to a, in a conference room to go ahead and do an event. And two guys came in a mask and they said as they came in, um, they said, I'm vaccinated and they're in, in masks. And, and well, I'll tell you, one of the one of them was Congressman Tom Massey, who got famous the other day for uh, breaking the the uh, the Pelosi protocol on, on saying sure. masks on the floor. And so Massey said, well, I'm not judging anybody. But he said, I'm here and I'm going, we're going maskless. And if people don't like that, they don't have to stay. It was very friendly. And everybody stayed. But, uh, you know, there was a moment where people were like, and I knew of the 12 people in there, I knew three or four had not been vaccinated. And um, and so someone said, well, who here is vaccinated? And actually, to Massey's credit, he cut it off. He's like, we're not doing that. He's like, if you don't want to stay, don't stay. But you know, my point is, there's this weird dynamic, even among and the people were not all friends, but they were not all um, strangers. They were all knew each other a little bit. There's this weird dynamic. And how long is this going to go on where there's this sort of um, this sort of, uh, I don't know, this kind of questioning. And it's the outliers, right? It's the people that aren't willing to relax and let people be who they're going to be, I think, that are the problem. 
Yeah, you're seeing a lot of that, and I'm seeing a lot of that too myself, where you find out, whether it's in casual conversation or, you know, if it's in a place of work, that somebody has gotten the vaccine or somebody's decided to not get the vaccine. And for me personally, when I find out that from anybody, that doesn't bother me. I think it's individual responsibility, individual choice. You know, that's not how how if if it's disagreeing with how I go about it, that's fine. You know, you're able to as an American do do the exact same thing. But I'm seeing a lot of people out there that are saying, well, you know, this person's not that uh, not vaccinated. Maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with this person, Ed. This is uh, and you're seeing businesses start to leak. They want to either go all vaccinated sections and you're seeing that at sporting events. And to me, that is concerning because that's segregation. And, you know, I know that we've dealt with that from race back in the day. So now you're going to bring it back up with somebody's medical uh, beliefs. This is a slippery slope. Well, and the bigger question there is it's kind of a HIPAA thing, right? I don't I have a don't I have a uh, exactly don't I have a legal protection to say I'm not going to tell you what I it's like walking in the place and say who here's uh, who here's got cancer. Well, you know, in theory. Um, if you have cancer, uh, say you have lymphoma or something that makes you noticeably weaker, should you be in a position to, uh, I don't know, to be closer to the field where you get hit by a ball or I don't know. I mean, anyway, it, it is a, but, but there's a funny thing. I, you know, I have believed, uh, Noah for, we're talking Noah Dingley, by the way, our, our great producer and, uh, uh, and, and also the host at the, of his own programs. Um, I wonder if there's a way to sort of, like I started to say at the beginning, um, have a moment where people say we're past it. And, and even if we're not really past it or we are really past it or we've never been past it, have people sort of um, begin to think that way and sort of go forward and more people be able to say, you know what, I'm not really proud how I acted or I wish I had done it differently or I wish I'd objected earlier, whatever the, whatever the past was, people just say, yeah, that was terrible. That was a bad time. We're past it and kind of go forward. I kind of think we need that almost like an excuse to not talk about it again. You know, like I, like they say, old timers didn't never talked about World War Two. They were at the war. You know, these men that came back and they were like, I, they never talked about it. It's almost like whatever you did wrong or right or thought or whatever before. Let's just go forward again. I don't know how you do that when you've got the public health uh, leaders sort of whipsawing people, you know, but I think that's kind of what we need. I'll tell you, uh, you are spot on on this. And I think what would be smartest for the GOP or for any really hardcore conservative out there that's a politician, if you made a mistake during this whole process in how we should go forward, now is the time to stand up, to show leadership and to say, hey, you know what? This is where we're at with the coronavirus. I made this, this, and this decision along the way. It was wrong. It was a mistake. Showing true leadership like that, Ed, is what this country needs now more than ever. And if that can happen in the political sector, you'll see it in the private sector as well. Yeah, and and then, but then overlaid on the top, I just was going to say, you know, people want to start to travel. And I think America will always fight through the idea that like California is going to have a, a vaccine passport. I don't think they can get away with it. Right. I don't, there's just no way. I think America will fight through that. Americans won't tolerate it, but you know what? I, I can see Europe being that way. And I can see America. Oh, Europe's thinking a whole themselves, different ball of wax. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then people will be like, well, then uh, I'm not going then. I'm not going to bother going to, to London or I'm not going to go to Paris. If you're going to play a game, you know, I noticed the EU already announced if you didn't get the uh, big three J and J Pfizer or Moderna vaccines, 
if you got the Russian vaccine or the Chinese vaccine, you're not allowed to go to Europe. You have to you have to have gotten the one they said. And to my mind, that's already down the path of they're going to tell you what you have to have done. And again, that, that, in America, I don't think you can get away with it. I think there'll be too much pushback, even in California. If there's 40 million people in California, 15 of them are are sane. 25 are insane. I get it. But 15 are sane. And I don't think they're going to tolerate it. But that's that's going to be the question is what happens in the world. And uh, and, and, you know, the other thing that nobody's talking about yet is what's the economy where right now we, we, the economy feels stalled. And but we haven't even restarted yet. So could we restart? And will that plow us through this? Will it cover up some of the mistakes of Biden? Maybe it will. The only way out of this economically, Ed, that I see and the great Andrea Kane, I agree on this totally. You want to restart the economy then legitimately restart the economy. You open businesses back up across the board. No vaccine passports, no masks, no social distancing, and you get back to work. That is what this country needs now more than ever. And especially with a lot of the facts coming out now and the numbers going down, there's no better time to, to, to do it right now, today. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Noah, as always. It's great to have him on. We should have him on. I shouldn't do this because I encourage him next thing you know. He's jumping on all the time. But thank you, Noah, as always, our great My technical pleasure. director. We'll, ta- we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. I have our next guest, Dave Erickson, an author. Uh, he's a... Uh, frequent uh, uh appears frequently on tv and radio commentator um and i have him on and i, I haven't revealed this to him but i was with general mike flynn who is uh, of course everybody knows who he is he's all you might also know you might expect this when i tell you he's a pretty tough judge of stuff he's a he's an exacting guy he's a he was a three-star general he's just a, a driven guy and i was with him for a couple days early this week and he said he had never talked to a guy named Dave Erickson, who we're about to talk to, and he said he read the book Framing Flynn, and he said with maybe one or two, might have been three, Dave, uh, like cosmetic corrections, it was the best book he's seen on what was going on in this period and what was happening. So the book is called Framing Flynn, and the author is Dave Erickson. And so I went home, Dave. I reread my copy again, and I and I, I really do. He's he's um, he's just he thinks you really nailed it. And so congratulations on that. That's even the best uh, news you can have. But what's been the reaction in general to the book? You probably get a lot of uh, grief from the left, if I know the left. Uh, but what's been the reaction? What's been the reaction of the book? Well, well, the reaction from the right side of the coin has been very good. Those who've read it said it was easy to read and they were very much um, enlightened by everything that was in the book, by what happened to General Flynn. And they also liked the fact that we had some commentary in there that was very pro-America. And yep. on the flip side of that, though, to your point, I have gotten comments from the left who say, General Flynn belongs in jail. He's a traitor. And I said, well, you know what? Go and spend the next six months of your life, morning, noon, and night, researching every piece of legal paperwork and everything that you can find for the next six months and then come back and talk to me and tell me how General Flynn is a traitor. You won't be able to do it. And so, so of course, you know, there's always going to be that, you know, that pushback from the other side, just reflectively, you know, I mean, they always just, it's, yeah. a, it's a reflex knee jerk reaction that they do. And that's to be expected, but I'm not really worried about it. Um, I, you know, all you can do is go into these things, whatever, you you take on a project like this, all you can do is what you can do is and that is your best. You know, and I right. told the publisher at the very beginning of the process, they said, Look, 
I'm going to approach this like a journalist. I'm not going in with the preconceived notion that General Flynn is this innocent guy who was wrongly accused of things. I'm going to go in, look at the facts, and, and go where the facts lead me. And you know what? General Flynn was an innocent man who was wrongly accused of things because that's what the facts showed. Well, and that's the thing. We're talking about Dave Erickson. And when I investigated Dave Erickson, I had him on the first time a month or two ago, I read and I said, you know, this guy's not a guy who is a knee-jerk, you know, sort of, uh, let me tell you, whatever the party says or whatever the moment says or whatever. And so I was impressed by that. In fact, I think in one of our early exchanges, you said, you know, you went in thinking, I don't know about this Flynn guy. There's been a lot of coverage. Here's a, here's a, vari- a variation, though, of that experience. Now that you've actually studied it and you've studied it all, so now you're of the range of people out there. There's a bunch of people that say General Flynn walks on water, right? Doesn't matter what happens. He was on the right side of, of the good guys. Therefore, mm-hmm. he walks on water. They don't know much more. On the other side, there's a whole bunch of people that think he's the worst thing that ever happened. The worst example of America. Very few go through and read the whole thing. But here's the problem. It used to be that when you got to the bottom of something as, say, a journalist, there would be a sort of there would be a sort of obligation, a duty of the industry that they would sort of say, yeah, we might've thought that guy was bad, but we now saw, you know, we now see it. It's not, you know, it's not real. That's that. And, and that, and that never happened. And because it never happened, you know, a third of the country has been allowed to believe something that was totally untrue, which is Flynn did something wrong and is a bad guy. And, and, and that's, that's really troubling. If you, if I've changed, you did this in the book at the beginning of the book. I think you, you, uh, you talked about if, if I gave you these facts and called it a, you know, a Soviet, and he was a set up by the insiders and the KGB and all. <laughs> you'd say, wow, that sounds like a Cold War thriller. But you know, at this point, we 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 didn't sort of. Th- there's been no honesty in the culture to break the fever of the third of the country that thinks Flynn did something wrong. Well, the problem you have is the mainstream national news media now, Ed, is essentially the propaganda wing of the Democratic Party. They're not going to come back and say, you know what? We looked at this and we were wrong. General Flynn didn't do anything wrong because they've already got this narrative set and they refuse to break from that because to do that means that uh, that they were wrong about so many other things, you know, from Russian collusion to everything else. And so... You're never going to have anybody coming back and saying, you know what, we really messed up. And if you go back and look at this, General Flynn did nothing wrong. The man didn't do anything. And this does go back to uh, sort of an example I, I mentioned in the book about how the, uh, the KGB and the Soviet secret police back during the Cold War would say, hey, find me a man and I'll find the crime. You know, and right, that's what they right. did. Look, this was this was a setup from the very beginning, and it's just all part of the whole deep state process to rid President Trump and all of the the people he was bringing in. You know, well, we're talking again with Dave Erickson. The book is called Fr- Fr- Framing Flynn, and it's got the best endorsement I know, which is General <laughs> Flynn said it's worth reading. And and uh, um, so back to this this point, I, I and. This is what's maybe the most disconcerting if you watch this closely and you'd be the best to tell me who else is there. But, you know, when at least Clapper and Brennan, at least they're outside getting paid millions of dollars to, to write books and to appear on TV, even though they're they're proven, they're sort of well known how much they lied and how dishonorable they were. Mm-hmm. But 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 Susan Rice is now back in the White House at the highest level. 
I mean, she was national security advisor. Now she's the head of the domestic uh, policy council, whatever. I mean, basically, I, you know, I'm not sure Bongino, I think it was Bongino that said it, or somebody said she's a shadow president. I, I know how it works. I was chief of staff to a governor. The chief of staff to anybody controls a lot of stuff. It feels to me like the people that did this, that actually did this, that are clearly mm-hmm. complicit in the Flynn effort to take him down and hurt Trump, they're, a lot of them are back in power. Well, that's just it. And, and when we talk about deep state people you know, running a shadow government and so forth, of course, that's going to happen, because when Joe Biden took office, yeah, it's not as though he cleaned house of, of these bad actors from before that that led to uh, the issues for General Flynn. In fact, as you say, Susan Rice not only hasn't been eliminated, she's back in power. So, you know, anybody who thinks Joe Biden is running the country is sorely mistaken because he is not. I think it's becoming painfully apparent with each passing day. And so. Uh, so not only will there pro- likely not be any consequences for those people who undermine General Flynn, there's, it's just going to get worse and there's going to be more bad actions that'll, that'll happen. And, and one day we'll probably find out about it. But General Flynn definitely is not the last person to suffer at the hands of these people. Well, and, and, and the other, but the other, but, the, but I guess the one that I'd say, it, it, it was easy. Again, I'm, I'm sort of uh, doing my therapy session with Dave Erickson, the author of Framing Flynn here. But it, it used to be sort of, I could sort of almost, uh, I could almost take it that there were sort of bureaucratic, um, you know, uh, uh, professionals in the government that stayed all the time. But when someone was exposed, they got Lois Lerner. She got exposed. She got run out of bed. She, she not, but the, the, and she was just a player, right? I mean, she was a, she was a pawn in the game. But the, at the highest level, Lisa Monaco is one of the ones in the middle of a lot of this stuff. She's back in the number two position or three position at DOJ. And here's my here's what I say is when the people that were publicly exposed to have done this are then allowed back in at the highest levels. The real message is you can keep getting away with it. In other words, you don't even have to try yeah. to hide it. You just go for it, and there's going to be no repercussions. Robert Mueller spent $48 million in 18 months, 24 months, or whatever. His, his investigation was a joke, and yet you don't yeah. see him. Uh, he's back at a law firm making millions of dollars a year. You don't see these guys yeah. sort of uh, – at least he's not in power. But <laughs> Susan Rice, I mean, why, why now they're almost emboldened. Well, they, well, it's not even just Susan Rice. It's the president of the United States himself. Joe yeah, Biden, yeah. as I point out in the book, was in the initial meeting to tr- to try to take down General Flynn. He was the one who brought up the Logan Act. He's the one who said, you know what, let's try and get Flynn on the Logan Act. And then he later lied about it on uh, Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos when they asked if he knew anything about Flynn. And he said, no, it was his idea. Right. And now right, the right. the president of the United States of America. So not only did they... Yes, you're right. They are emboldened. And if, if you can do that to somebody and then rise to the highest office in the land, what does that say? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 more than a little scary. And, and it's uh, I think the uh, the uh, the future is um, is unclear because, uh, you know, I think of somebody like Sidney Powell, who's now, in my opinion, being targeted because she was successful uh, with Flynn. You know, the last thing you can have is these people stay, you know, stay around. You got to you got they, they don't think, oh, good, you're out of office. Trump's out of office. No, the, the attorney general of, of New York is going to uh, talk about at least uh, criminal conduct to just keep 
driving these people down. I don't think they, uh, I don't think, frankly, uh, Dave, we're talking Dave Erickson, Framing Flynn is the book. I don't think that conservatives or maybe just Republicans realize the left, the left doesn't stop. They're not going to stop. Well, that's always, that's, you know, what's interesting is that's been the problem all of these years. That's always been the problem is that the right typically has a certain level of decency. You know, look, I'm not saying everybody, I'm not going to, I'm not going to paint with a huge wide brush, but for the most part, in, in, in terms of just sort of the reaction to things that you don't hear often the right with a lot of these subvert, these subvert, the subversiveness that you see on right. the left. The left doesn't ever stop. They're like that line in the Terminator where they say he's coming to kill you and he will never, ever, ever stop. It's the <laughs> yeah, same yeah. thing. They do yeah. not stop. And, and part of what's a problem for them is that Donald Trump may be out of office. They were successful and getting him out through whatever means necessary. And there's a whole lot of debate about the election and so on and so forth. But he is out. But they don't stop with that. Now they're going yeah. after making sure that he is still clipped, that his yep. power isn't there. And they go yeah. after the base. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Dave, I run out of time. I'm sorry. Dave Erickson, the book's Framing Flynn. Thank you, Dave. Uh, great stuff. Uh, we'll have you back on again. Ed Martin here to Pro America Report. Be right back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When leftists say they want you to be more inclusive, they don't really want to give all ideas a space at the table. What they really want is to silence every voice but their own. That's why liberals work so tirelessly to completely unmoor our society from the anchors of Western civilization. No matter how innocuous or beneficial, the liberals want every bastion of American history removed from our culture. And I'm not even talking about statues either. The left literally wants to cancel sheet music. Unbeknownst to all of mankind until this year, it turns out that sheet music is racist. As a result, the University of Oxford is considering a plan to remove course requirements focused on sheet music, notation, and the classical works of such composers as Beethoven and Bach. According to the leftist professors behind this ridiculous proposal, traditional music study focuses too much on white European music from the slave period. Of course, these professors are forgetting one very important fact— any music made prior to the mid-1800s was made in the slave period. Every culture throughout world history allowed the horror of slavery to exist. It was only when Western civilization moved beyond such barbaric practices that the world as a whole turned against slavery. If leftists want to honor the system that took down slavery, they should send their thanks directly to the Christian nations that they hate. Nothing is inclusive about canceling sheet music or the composers who rely on it. Those who wish to pursue a noble career as an artist need to be equipped with the ability to communicate their creative expression through the written form. Failing to teach students about notation isn't just a blow to our society as a whole. It's a huge failure for every student who darkens the door of an Oxford classroom. A musician who doesn't learn how to read and write music will never be able to obtain the success of those who do. I'm tired of woke teachers creating dissonance on college campuses. They should either harmonize with what's best for their students or just go ahead and give it a sustained rest. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues, upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Chairman Helen Marie Taylor, Treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her Eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. And, uh, hey, I've got to tell you something here now. I mean, we are into a crazy time. Um, Do you know that the... Georgia, Fulton County has now admitted, has publicly admitted that they do not have a chain of custody on nearly 20,000 absentee ballots from the 2020 election. Now, my point is this. We have a lot of the media running around the narrative machine telling us to get over it. The 2020 election is done. How about this? If I will, if I will concede this, how about I concede the following thing? Nothing that we will find in the next year or two, uh, now let's say even more, nothing that we could find about the 2020 election should reverse or change the results in terms of who's president and vice president. Is that fair? Because I, I think the Constitution is designed to do that. I actually believe that. But if I say that, can we all agree? And therefore, can we say, but... For reasons that have to do with the four years from 2016 through 2020, when Hillary Clinton and others claimed that the election was stolen by uh, by the, the Russians colluding with Trump and they complained about the electronic machines, all these things, lots of Democrats came to believe that the system was compromised. And since November of 2020, lots of Republicans... Millions and millions of Republicans have come to believe that the election was not done well, which we have a voter confidence problem. We have a voter confidence problem. It doesn't matter why we got here. It matters what we do about it. And can we agree that telling the American people of both parties, any parties, independents, to shut up and go away, and I'm sorry I use that phrase. I try to train my kids not to do that. I don't like that phrase. But we tell them, you know, just be quiet and go away. Pat him on the head. I always, I always remembered when, when Ben Carson, you can picture Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson speaking, and he used to do this gesture where he'd say, we just pat the children on the head. And you could kind of picture his big hands, and he looks, he's got that peaceful look, pat him on the head, say, go ahead, go away, go, you know, carry on. And that's what we're telling the American people. So if I'm willing to say, and, and I'll sign a vow, I'll say it's the, it's the pledge, the 2020 pledge, nothing we find can or should change the election results as to president, vice president, nothing. But the problem of voter confidence is so significant that we have to get to the bottom of it. We have to go ahead and get to the bottom of it and see if we can find out what exactly is the problem so that people can feel better about the election going forward. That Can we agree on that? Let's agree on that. If we can agree on that, that would be a big breakthrough for the election cycle, that we could go ahead and decide that we're going to agree on that. Because here's what we found. I just told you, the news out of Georgia, Fulton County, Georgia, they don't have control of their elections. They, they can't show the chain of custody. In other places, we have the audits of these elections, and people are saying that they won't allow the audit to go forward. They don't want to, they don't know what to find. They don't trust anything. It's not transparent enough. Let's just get to the bottom of all of it. Let's spend the money to get to the bottom of all of it so that we can feel good about what we're seeing and what we're doing going forward. What's wrong with that? 
Why isn't that a good plan? Why isn't that the best plan? Why isn't that something that's worth doing? That's my point. My point is go ahead and find out what we can do and what we can find out and, and agree that we're not going to change the election. Because that would be the most powerful, most appropriate thing to help people have confidence in the elections going forward. So that's my pitch to everybody is just go ahead and do that. And when you see the news out of, of Georgia that they have they lost the chain of custody of the, of the ballots, when you see that people in other places, they can't answer questions about whether databases have been deleted. In Michigan, there's whole places where they can't produce the, the chain of the electronic machine. All those things we need to get to the bottom of, and we need to get to the bottom of them right now. Right now, we need to get to the bottom of them so that we can find out what, what we can do to instill voter confidence in the elections. All right, everybody, i got to run. Thank you for listening, tuning in. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for The Daily Wink. Also, you can review all of the uh, great interviews we've had, including today's interview with Dave Erickson about framing Flynn. And thank you, as always, to our great technical director, uh, Noah, and also Joanna for booking the guests. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego.